Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Jeff Arnold on the line. Jeff, how are you? I am well. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to have you here. This is going to be a great conversation. So share with the audience a little bit about you um, and the awesome work you're doing. Great. Thanks. Yeah. So uh, I am in the uh, insurance space, which immediately causes your listeners' eyes to glaze over and yawn to enter into their being. But um, I I describe it as the industry of all things fun, sexy, exciting, and just plain awesome. And and hopefully that enthusiasm comes through because like any business, right, Uh, even insurance needs leaders, good crystal clear thought thinking. And as your books attest to, uh, people can burn out in this industry as well. So uh, I I think we've got a a packed full half hour to talk stuff through. That's great. Insurance is important. I love the fact, and when you were saying, you know, the fun, sexy stuff, I started thinking it's insurance protects all the fun, sexy stuff that entrepreneurs are doing. It's one of those foundation things. It's like, you can go play and do things and know, you know, as long as you, you know, worked well with your uh, insurance provider and you told them everything about your business, because I'm sure it's never happened that, oh, there's this aspect of the business that they happen to not mention that now there's no coverage for that. Oops. You know, so, you know, it's like, okay, how do you, yeah, how do you cover something that already happens? Uh, yeah, not easily. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you can't, yeah, it just doesn't. So uh, if, if anybody takes anything away from this conversation, I know people are like, well, I don't want my premiums being so high. It's like um, premiums doesn't, is an investment because if, if you don't spend it, believe me, you're going to be spending that in something else a whole lot later and you want to avoid that. So, so what, you know, what got you into this industry? What was some of the things that, you know, said, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go into, you know, this line of work and, 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 and help entrepreneurs to make sure that they have all the coverage they need. Yeah. So, you know, one is not born uh, believing that, Oh, this is what I want to do. Right. It just kind of happens upon you. Um, I'll be brief and succinct, but it, it started really early. I grew up in uh, Western Kentucky, and the economy in Western Kentucky is pretty simple. It's tobacco, hay, and horses, right? I mean, that's the economic metrics that, that kind of get things done or what you measure by. And I was 14 years old, standing on a hay bale, working in the tobacco field, standing on a hay bale in the barn, and I watched this guy drive up in a four-door Buick, He got out with his pressed, starched, white, creased shirt, uh, and I noticed his windows was up. That was important because that meant he had air conditioning, right, (laughs) in the summer. And I remember asking my friend on the uh, hay bale next to me, uh, hey, Chuck, what's that guy do? And his words were insurance or something like that. And so uh, at some point, that became embedded in me. And uh, later on in my my 20s, you know, a decade or so later, um, I'd been a failed comedian, failed at uh, acting and drama and, and did, you know, did a lot of stage work and comedy work, but just wasn't super successful. Um, went back, uh, moved home then to Tucson, Arizona and fell into an insurance job. I just have to tell you, listeners, that uh, on day one, I was hooked. I was consumed. Uh, what, you know, uh, bores everyone else to tears, I found super exciting. And so um, 31 years later, because uh, I'm an aged man now, here we are still in it, still writing books about it, still buying insurance firms. And so uh, it's been a dream come true. 
it's amazing that you discovered it so early in career because a lot of people, you know, will work through all types of jobs or switch careers, you know, several times. That seems to be, you know, the norm anymore. But in your situation, you're like, wait a minute, this is something that I actually am passionate about and could grow from it. And obviously, you've been very successful in you know, acquisition of insurance, you know, the ever changing landscape of insurance as well. You know, it's um, the things that we have to cover. You know, when you, you know, started in that role 31 years ago, um, cyber insurance, what's that? You know, that wouldn't be a thing. And now, you know, we're hearing about it. it's in the news, you know, now with, you know, the, the hack and the pipeline on the East Coast, which is uh, creating gas lines like we haven't seen since the 70s. So uh, it's, one of those things where organizations need to have protection for all kinds of different things. So, you know, what are some of the, I, I guess one of the, you know, I, you know, looked at your website and you've got, you know, I'll definitely make sure you mention, you know, the access and all that stuff, but you know, the resources you've got on your site have all kinds of different things like, you know, insurance evolved, for example, it's like, here's how insurance has evolved and it's going to continue to do so because the way things happen, you know, I'll, I'll, let's pick on autos for a second. All right, self-driving cars. Okay, I'm not driving it. Happened to get in an accident. Who's at fault? Uh, yeah, it's like I mean that that's a little. Well, you were in the car. I I can't drive it. You know, I'm I'm, I'm in the back seat. There there isn't. It's a self-driving car, so it, it's going to be you know, who's responsible for that and how is that coverage handled? It's going to be really interesting to see how that shapes out as, as we change behaviors and, and how we, how we work. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, you know, te- technology is impacting every industry, of course, right? And, and insurance um, more so because there's just billions and billions flowing into it, trying to trying to disrupt the market space. Now, every single executive in every single industry can make that same claim, right? That's true. I mean, te- the the march of progress just keeps going on, and technology is is changing all that. It just so happens that. Uh, our business, of course, is legal contracts, and every new technology breaks that legal contract in some way, right? It just has it, it doesn't break it, but the contract needs to be amended to interpret, to um, anticipate what an autonomous vehicle might do, right? So this is fun stuff, right? You can go to sleep over really quick. I, I would just submit this to your listeners, uh, Michael, and that is, I know it's a boring subject for most, but if you just stop pause, think for a moment how much of your income goes to this word called insurance, right? In the form of life, health, auto, home, all your toys, maybe some cyber insurance, umbrellas. It is a significant portion of your income, right? Um, And actually I studied it so well in preparation for a second book that it's hundreds of thousands of dollars per person. And so that makes you think of this boring industry in a different way, right? It's like, all right, I'm going to stop chasing just the the best deal and the lowest premium and get the best package that that helps me throughout my life, right? Because life needs changes. And and that's what we teach people at at my firm is, um, you know, look – Savings is good. That's what it's all about. We'll find all the discounts. We have technology, a technology firm that finds that. But at the end of the day, uh, if you understand how much you're going to pay for it over your lifetime, you just start to picture it a little bit different and say, let me get an insurance plan, much like I have a health plan, much like I have a financial plan, much like I have a self-development plan. When you think of it in terms like that, uh, it, you just have a different mindset and get more from your program. 
That makes a lot of sense, and I, I love that approach on there. You know, and one of the you know one of the things that you have on your site is a you know an article or a post about a human policy is coming. Now, what what does that mean? And I looked at it, of course, but you know, I saw that, and it definitely caught my attention. I'm like, a human policy? What what's that all about? Yeah, and so uh, I'm I'm not the boasting type, but I will will, will brag on this moment. Um, it, it it earned me the title thought leader in the insurance industry. That uh, that document, right? And uh, I no one from Western Kentucky's ever been called a thought leader, but I'll take it. <laughs> so, uh, and simply put, my a, a human policy is this: if you think about all we do now, right? So we have to insure for our homes, we have to insure for our life, we have to insure for our health. Uh, we may be in an autonomous vehicle. We're certainly going to be in an Uber right? We may be flying in a drone in the next decade. You, you do not know, right? And, and so the thought enters uh, uh, or develop this kind of mindset around what about a human policy, a policy for Michael, a policy for Jeff, because there's all these exposures we have. And it would be you know interesting to underwrite these things because that's what insurance companies do. They underwrite this, but a policy for most risk you encounter is it driving an autonomous vehicle? Is it health insurance? Is it you know life insurance? But it becomes a human policy. It's for humans and all human activities, right? It's it is it's tough for people uh, to imagine it, and tougher in uh, for people in our industry to price it right to get it right. But it, if you think in terms of the way the world is shifting anyway, and, and globally, right? Technology, like we said, is is bringing to bear all kinds of forces and pressures on the industry, every industry. And then if you think in terms of just health insurance, um, more and more people are going to Mexico, Canada. Europe, India, for these med- uh, Asia, for these medical tourist things, right? They uh, they want consumers want to level the playing field to get your knee replaced. Might be you know eighty thousand in California, um, or seventeen thousand in India with doctors who studied in America, right? Uh, or in Mexico City. And so it really becomes now a value play in the insurance space. And how do we price that in our business for? It's a much deeper conversation, but when you think in terms like that, you know, the future maybe is a human policy, which does not exist yet. And hopefully the conversations that, that we're having amongst um, uh, podcasts and my books and writings kind of move that to the forefront of people's minds. I was just thinking where it basically takes, you know, all the different policies that we have, you know, we have life insurance or we have your short-term disability or long-term disability or income protection or, you know, the auto, you know, the home type situation, the health, obviously health insurance is a big, big expense as well. Uh, And, you know, as society gets older and the demands and pressures and all that, you know, it's, you know, I doubt that the prices are going to decrease. I'm just, just a hunch could be wrong, but I doubt they're going to decrease, especially with the population. I know when I, I used to work in healthcare and, you know, in the area that I was working in, the population over age 65 was to double in the next like 10 years. And anybody over age 90 would triple because people are living longer, which means, and of course, in the healthcare system, and you, you know this as well, you know, who, who are some of the biggest users of the system and in, in hospital getting care and all that 65 and up? 
And okay, if that population is getting bigger and they're using more, well, guess what? You know, something's going to have to cover that because uh, we can't have insurance companies go out of business because the claims are more than what they're bringing in. Just that doesn't work in, in any business model that I've been able to find. So um, at least in the long term. But this this human policy thing really makes a lot of sense to me because I, it's like you, you're covered in different ways and in, in different things you do. And a lot of it, I guess, would also dictate on you know what you do in your career. What kind of work do you do? What kind what do you do for life, hobbies, what kind of things are you into? You know, like I, I think of athletes, okay. Athletes take out insurance policies or they're you know, the team that you know pays them does, you know, somebody does. And maybe both. I don't know. But at the end of the day, you know, they're covering for, okay, making sure they don't have an injury or there's, you know, this type of coverage, that kind of coverage. So, you know, depending on what you do in life and that could change. It's like, okay, you're, you're a teenager. Okay. Here, you know, here's what you're going to do. Okay. Now you're a young adult. Okay. Here's, here's kind of what the policy does based on what you do. Okay. Now you're, you know, in your fifties or here's that. Okay. Now you're in your sixties. Here's that. And, and have it adjust accordingly to what you do in life and, and much like, you know, you could do an annual review or a five-year review, whatever the case may be, like you would go into your physician for that checkup, be the same thing. It's like, okay, yeah. so, you know, what are you doing in life? And of course, you know, they'll have all the metrics and things that they want to, you know, rate on and say, okay, what about this? What do you do for this? So I, I look at that and I go, that would be, you know, an amazing offer to type, you know, do. And I'm just, I'm, I'm probably not even grasping at all the things that are in it, but it's um, revolutionary for sure. It, well, it is. And I think what it does is it, it allows people to uh, have the protection and, you know, the freedom to, you know, to live their life and not worry about things because worry brings stress, stress brings burnout. So, you know, there, there I segmented insurance and burnout. There you go. There we go. <laughs> it, it only, it only, it only, it only took, you know, about 19 minutes or so, but I got there. I got there. Um, that's, you know, you, 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 you just hammer it out and got it, but no, it, it makes sense because, you know, I, I've got business insurance and I've got life insurance and, you know, home and auto and all the fun stuff. And I don't think about it. You know, I, I just don't think about it. I mean, it's like, you know, I get, you know, a note from, you know, my you know business insurance guy and he's like, okay, I just want to touch base and, you know, see how you're doing, how, you know, what's going on with your business, any changes, you're doing anything differently. And I'm like, yeah, this is what's going on this year. We kind of changed things a little bit. So I know that my premiums in all likelihood will change because the business has changed. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want to pay insurance on, you know, like in an auto example, it's like on, uh, Chevy Chevette, you know, and when I actually drive, I don't, but I'm driving a Corvette, um, I, different vets, both have vets <laughs> in them. Having, having driven and ridden in both, the only thing common about them is vet and Chevrolet. Other than that, that's where the comparisons end. Um, so be, you want to make sure you have the right coverage and, and it's, it, it makes sense, but no, I'm actually, I'm really excited about that. So I think that that's definitely, what other innovations do you think are coming? Uh, in in insurance and protection, you know, over the next, I mean, the way this life is moving, you know, I used to say in the next 10 years, but it could be in the next five or less the way things are moving anymore. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll, our industry will evolve. Uh, uh, bold thought leaders will come come forth and uh, and create revolutionary new products, right? That, that's what happens in, in every industry. And so uh, as we uh, 
are now the, the number one thing entering into all the processes, like any industry, mind you, um, is speed, right? Just moving this monolithic, archaic uh, organizations called insurance companies uh, into a speed-based um, uh, consumer journey type of mindset, right? Because it's always been about, you know, let's, let's uh, keep an eye out for fraud, let's pay what we owe. Um, and, and consumers really, this you know, microwave generation or whatever you want to call us, or the, the uh, universe now, that wants speed in every part of the process. And, and um, you know, you're talking about an industry that still deals in voicemails, for God's sakes, a lot of times, right? And so that has to be broken. It has to be torn apart and reinvented. And so, um, again, it's like every other industry, good thought leaders, uh, uh, valuable executives are challenging the way that everything's been done and, and trying to disrupt it. I do have a question for you, uh, it, and, and I'm going to misquote you, I think, but I needed some enlightenment on pr- resist will will persist until you change. What was that that quote? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, what you resist persists. Yeah. Um, Educate me on that. I know this is a, <laughs> but I just, I, I, yeah. I didn't comprehend what we were going through. With Procrastination. Um, and not wanting to do something that you need to do and hoping that it'll go away or a difficult conversation or, you know, maybe, you know, you're not feeling well and you should go, you know, see a healthcare provider because it's been going on for a few weeks and not just, you know, you, you strained something and, you know, you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll look at it occasionally or maybe it'll go away and just, you know, putting things off. So when you resist something that is challenging, um, then, you know, sometimes it'll stick around, you know, like Brian Tracy, you know, he wrote, you know, eat the, you know, eat the frog first, basically, which is his way of saying that tough thing you got to do today, get that done early as possible. Cause otherwise that's all you're going to be thinking about when you're doing those things. It's just, okay, am I going to get that done? And so, instead of just saying, you know what, let me get this off of my plate. I'm sick and tired of looking at this and all of that. You had mentioned, you know, the voicemail situation. Well, in healthcare, they're still using fax machines. So you're actually, um, you know, way out in the future compared to the docs. Oh my God, I'm like, well, it's, it's like, everybody's like, well, email's not secure. I'm like, we can buy houses on our cell phones, okay? Mortgages, like, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. And we just go, boop, 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 boop. and then next thing you know, it's like, okay, meet your realtor at two o'clock and they'll have the keys and you haven't signed a thing. And here's a house. And you're like, okay, you know, but no, we got to use these antiquated fax machines. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm sure the fax machine companies are like, shh, you're killing our last line of business. <laughs> Don't do that. Well, come on. It's, you know, you know, it, it, but they would, they would still be submitting their billings on floppy disks and using us robotic modems if they could, but you know, eventually like, no, we got to actually move forward here a little bit. So and when you mentioned the voicemail thing, I, I immediately thought of my, uh, my old time, uh, bane of existence is the fax machine because we always had to pay an extra phone line every month. Yeah. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I'm, I'm curious to, you know, hear, you know, you know, what, what COVID-19 has been like for, for you, your business and, you know, the, and the companies that you serve, what are some observations from your point of view uh, in the insurance industry uh, on how this has all played out? Thank you for that. So um, that's very personal and, and close to home because um, it challenged 
sharpened, uh, improved every skill set that that I had been working with, right, all of a sudden became not obsolete, but became not the most current and usable, right? So what I mean by that is I've always been um, led by what gets measured gets done, right? Metrics, we move stuff through, right? Very corporate ideology kind of uh, autocratic top-down process. And so when you have, you know, whatever your employee status is, dozens or hundreds um, or thousands, um, they're all affected, Right. Uh, and they're all driven to distraction by what is affecting them at, at home or anywhere. Right. And so the, the, the number one pivot that I had to make and I would submit to you that most executives had to make is we had to suspend maybe this hard charging goal mindset that we had and become more human, more relatable, more personal, uh, more personable. I had to start just asking our folks, how are you? Right. Just a check in. Right. Um, we, we, no, I don't want to take credit for it. Our office created uh, a mom's check in because we have dozens of single moms in our firm. Right. Who are making they're doing everything themselves. Right. Plus raising a family. They're both heads of the household as difficult as that has to be. Um, and now they're uh, locked up like this. Right. For lack of a better word. And so uh, our, our company created a mom's group. And that was very valuable. Uh, for those, I said in on a few. I'm not a mom. I would just listen and shut up, right? To to understand what struggles single moms are having to go through. And so, the short answer is, it, it impacted everything I do in every way. And I would suggest that it impacted every executive or every person who who worked through it. And how could it not? Yeah. Well, thank you for that insight. And I love the fact that you set up a. A mom's group because yeah single parents and you know moms have always you know I, and I can say this you know guys may get mad at me but you know moms work really hard especially if they work you know if their their job is home and that's you know the most underpaid job out there and, and non-stop uh, there you know there's no breaks or limited breaks because um the little kids, you know, don't have boundaries. You know, they're all little narcissists, you know, and hopefully they grow out of it. Some, most do, some don't, but, you know, but yeah, they're all like, you know, me, 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 you know, but, you know, thankfully mine are all, you know, adult age now. So, which is still kind of hard to fathom, but I used to be an accountant so I can do the math and yep, they're an adult. Um, Plus, you know, physically seeing them, I can deduct and go, yeah, they kind of look like an adult now. Hmm, Okay. But it, it's been a very challenging period for everybody. And I think businesses have had to adjust and you know, executives, and I agree with you, I think all have had to change how they do things. And it, it fast-forwarded a lot of things that we were eventually going to start rolling out, but we had to because you know, last March, you know, it's like, all right, everybody go home. You're like, okay, and you know, we'll let you know when you come back. Well, uh, hopefully they bring in a cleaning crew to dust everything off. But for some of the people that you know haven't been in their office for over a year, I'm sure they will. That'll it'll be sanitized and you know, you know plexiglassed and floor stickers and everything else that we've seen. But at the end of the day, I, I think um, it's times like these. I think where you're thrilled that you have insurance coverage you know, for businesses, whether it's loss of income type of thing or protecting your business. If you're not physically there all the time, you know, it's, it's just ease of mind because we've got enough things to, you know, occupy yeah. our minds going on right now. So I, that that's great. So what's the last uh, piece of advice you'd leave with people? Um, could be insurance, could be leadership, could be 
you know, something comes to mind, you know, that you'd say, you know, do this. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And because of, you know, uh, b- books like yours and, and the former mentioned Brian Tracy stuff that I read, we're always trying to improve ourselves, right? Self-improvement. When you never stop because if you do, you're, you're dying or you're becoming obsolete. And the, the, the thing that I struggle with, so it's really a message for me and maybe some of your other listeners uh, uh, struggle with this too, is um, most people do this is email is other people's work, right? Let the first hour be your day uh, that, that you're working on yourself. And I really struggle internally with going back like a dog returning to its vomit. I always go back and start my day with email sometimes. And it's a real challenge. I know not to. That's other people's work, right? I never moved the company any volume or created any revenue by just focusing on email in the first part of the day but it's where I go to because it's my comfort zone. And so that's what I'm working on. Get out of that comfort zone. Don't go to email in the morning. Do something internally. So uh, it's not really advice, but just to say that if you or someone listening is also struggling with that, take heart that that, that we all <laughs> fall. Uh, and uh, we'll just try to encourage each other with silent words or, or think about each other that says, man, don't start your day that way. Uh, there are way more important things. Or as you alluded to earlier, eat, eat the frog, right? You're probably avoiding something. So just eat that frog. So I love that advice. Yeah, it's, it's, and we all challenge ourselves with it. Sometimes I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, let's see what came in, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, it's like I have a routine and, you know, and then it's like, okay, I sit down, have my coffee, have my breakfast. And then it's like, okay, let's, let's see what the world threw at me this morning and go, oh, okay, that's, I, I can manage that or what, what is that? You know? And, and it's like, okay, great. It's like, you know, you know, never, never give your, you know, your, your, your email out for, you know, information requests that goes into this, you know, pop-up thing. It's like, oh no, I'm going to get a thousand emails now. Great. Why didn't I use my spam email account for that? <laughs> silly me, silly me. We all learn those lessons. So Jeff, I love this conversation. Uh, where can people find out more about you and this awesome work you do? Simple. Uh, again, gratefully appreciate the opportunity. Um, my personal website is jeffarnold.com, uh, jeffarnold.com. All kinds of free documents and publications on there too. And of course, I'm an author, so we're, we're, we're selling books on there as well, but uh, lots of free pubs. Awesome. I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Jeff, thank you again for all the work you do. And I've loved this conversation today. It's been fun. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.